Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Something Something Podcast. Hi, Larry. <laughs> you might hey, what's up? I'm, I'm not doing the Wayne's World intro anymore. Why? No, it's not because Lauren Michaels threatened to sue us. Maybe that would be better. Yeah, it's because recently, Larry, like but right before we got on, uh-huh. I watched Wayne's World, and I used to love that movie. <laughs> but man, I want to get into this with you and the guest also. Did you ever have a movie that you loved as a kid, but then you watched it? Now that you're in the industry and you understand how sausage gets made, oh yeah, your yeah. whole view of things changes. I mean, yeah. I was watching it, and I was like, man, there's no story. Wayne and Garth have no goals. But, this is but, a horrible movie. <laughs> but 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 at the but but back to okay. So this is obviously the 2019 Eric talking oh, about yeah, the yeah 92. Eric thought it was the best movie ever. Wait a minute, that was in 92. Something like that. Yeah. Oh man, what in the world? But so, hey, you yeah, know enough perfect. about that. Um. The big things going on with me is I am deep in work with what are we now? We are now calling I Know Your Secret. Yes. And this is why you've got to outline everything in your script before mm-hmm. you start writing, guys. Everything needs to be outlined because if I would have been writing my script, it would have changed way too much and it wouldn't have gotten done. But now that I'm still in the paper and pen outline, I'm able to fix stuff. So that's the big thing going on with me. Other than my childhood, Eric, being, you know, crushed (laughs) by how awful, awful, awful Wayne's World was. But you got to remember, though, it was, it was, so you're talking about Wayne's World 1, right? The first one. Yeah, I got to watch the sequel to see if it's any good. Now, now is part two, that's the one with Brandon Frazier, right? And he takes over the uh, radio station? No. Or, or am I thinking about something else? That's a completely different. This is where they're doing Wainstock. <laughs> you, you oh, is that where he crosses all the I's? Or he dots all the T's and crosses all the I's? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So, look, man, you got to look at it like this. It was the first one. It was from Saturday Night Live, right? And... Yeah, it's it's really hard. You and I both know it's really hard to take a, a two minute skit that's really hip and popular and funny in that two minutes and turn it into an hour and 45 minutes. I movie. started this podcast to be like Wayne's World. I'm doubting every decision <laughs> I've ever made. Oh, my God. Well, folks, thank you for joining us tonight. This will be our <laughs> final show. No, no, I'm just kidding. I heard a bunch of people start crying. So I just, I had to throw that out there. (laughs) But no, I mean, look, you got to look at it. Because obviously, now that you're in the industry, you have to look at it as like a movie that's just like a fun-loving movie. Not every movie is going to be the Titanic. The Titanic sucked, but this wasn't a fun movie. Or Avatar. As Avatar sucked even more. Or the Three Amigos. Okay, Three Amigos is awesome. Okay, you got me back. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. But Larry, you know, speaking of being in the industry, Uh Segway Sam just walked in. Oh, 
here he comes clickety clack clickety clack on his little horse so so eric actually um <laughs> what i you know i i got a chance to to be an actor again for a couple of days last week right and it was super cool and super super totally awesome because i missed that feeling and then um it's funny because once you get back into it you start you know well look at my hair maybe i should shave more maybe i should drop about 15 pounds right and you start looking at yourself going you thought you left all that stuff behind once you became a filmmaker oh wait am i talking about myself maybe i don't know so but, were you kind of like um in godfather 3 every time i think i'm out they pull me back in <laughs> that's right yeah Yes. And, you know, we talked to, uh, we had a lovely guest on not too An long amazing ago. amazing guest. Yeah. Yes. Um, Darcy Warner. Uh, she is the writer and one of the producers for The Legend of the Paperboy. And um, just talking to her about acting stuff got me so jazzed up. And I got me so excited. It started wheels in my head started spinning. And I had the brilliant idea. Actually, I think it was all three of our ideas for her to come back on and talk about because in her other life in her other creative life, she's a manager, right? For actors. Um, so uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I'd like to welcome back on the show, Darcy Warner. Hello, Darcy. Welcome uh -huh. back, Darcy. Hi, thank you so much for having me back, Larry and Eric. How does it feel to be a repeat defender? I know. <laughs> I was really looking forward to, to coming back on the show because it was so much fun last time. And well, um, thank you. Oh, thank you for having me back. Um, so yeah, these are good. But real quick. Yeah, I got my who was 16 at the time breakfast club. Loved it. Mom, that was a really oh. good movie. I should have followed up with 16 candles, but I followed up with pretty in pink. Oh. And <laughs> I was like, oh, no, sorry. That was my 16-year-old my girl and me. <laughs> so he was like, yeah, that was a miss, Mom. <laughs> but here's the thing with Breakfast Club. Again, I love the movie, but if you watch it now, there's some messed up stuff. Like, Judd <laughs> Nelson sexually assaults Molly Ringwald in that movie. When he's no. on the table... And he's getting abused by the principal. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm gonna have to know. <laughs> they could, you know, they could never ever make a lot of 80s movies. Oh anymore. no, no, especially the underwear scene in Pretty in Pink. In 16 yeah. Candles. Was 16 that 16 Candles? candles. Yes, 16 right? Candles. Yeah, but yeah. even Risky Business. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's kind of crazy. It's, I mean, it's kind of sad in a way. Okay. <laughs> like Beastie Boys girls. I mean, oh. girls, they should do the dishes. Oh, they should. oh yeah. <laughs> no. I know. And no. the song Brass Monkey, that's a date rape drug. Oh, my God. I actually didn't know that. <laughs> this, is, this is a horrible way to start out a, a creative podcast. Okay, here it goes. The dragon on <laughs> all the 80s stuff hey, that everybody loves. Speaking of all, but they, the 80s are still awesome. And if you want to <laughs> see more things set in the 80s that are great, there is still time to give to the Legend of the Paperboys Kickstarter. Link will way. be in the description. 
Mm -hmm. yep, yep. Yep. So a quick yep. update. We have investors reaching out. Super excited. Ooh. Oh, so nice. yeah, it's not very public, you know, so they don't necessarily putting it in through the Kickstarter, but definitely some movement on the back okay. end. Okay, wait, wait. So not you know, nothing written. I can't talk about it, but okay. just some interest. Everybody, cover your ears. Oh, wait, she already <laughs> said it. Never mind. Does the investor's name sound like Heman Hilberg? <laughs> I wish. I wish, but speaking of the, I know another 80s thing, go back and watch the opening of The Goonies. Oh, As an, a, okay. Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, no, I need to go watch it again. You need to watch the good first, what, 10, 15 minutes of it? Like, as an adult watching it, definitely different perspective but as a kid it flew over my head a little bit you know a little bit obvious because he broke the statue um but some of the this when when uh Corey feldman's character translates the spanish into spanish or from spanish to english oh wait the other way around do you know what i'm talking about to the yeah, maid yeah. and scares the maid i mean it's really funny but then you think wow <laughs> it's in such a classic of a film you know you know, that's, and again, I think, well, well actually, okay, so before, so Darcy, we got you on um, the first time to talk about the film. This right. time we're going to talk about like the industry and your life as, as a manager and being on the other side, the yes. other, other side, right? Because that you're behind the curtain pretty much. Now I, I'm behind. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Um, and, but, but. You know, actually, I, I'm glad we're kind of talking about this because we can get into it because this is what actors face all the time, you know? Uh, oh, yeah. Mm. There's, there's a lot of scripts out there that are uh, I, questionable for kids. Adults, it's one thing. But when you've yeah. got a kid that has to act out. So just note this. I'm not going to call out any shows because, you know, this is the mom side of me that comes out on this a little bit. I think my 20-year-old self would definitely see it differently. But um, when you watch a kid in a position on a show, now they can cheat, obviously, a lot of things. Mm -hmm. um, but the truth is they're still there in that moment, that scene. Yeah. So um, I'm just, as a manager, cautious for that. But I still, at the end of the day, I feel it's parents know their kids the best. And I have great parents, by the way. So uh, because I represent kids and adults, but adults still have the same issues. You know, I've got one client that won't do certain things because it brings back memories of his childhood and it's just too much for him. And, you know, the, so you've got all those things because if you think about it, storytelling is all about conflict, right? And story, otherwise it'd be boring. So you're going to have the bad guy. You're going to have the rape scenes. You're going to have these and things because you're telling a story. But at the end of the day, the actor does have to do some of these things. Yeah. You know, they don't get that scene just for mad. I mean, obviously there's a lot of cheating that goes on. They're yeah. not really doing certain things, but Anyway, as an actor, you just need to know where you stand and, and what you're willing to do and not do. And then you're going to take it with each, you know, you're going to weigh it against, well, is this worth it? Is it just for some, a, co a comedy effect on a YouTube channel? Or is this like a major feature film that could go on and win an Oscar? You know, it's all about that. So for me, oh, for, yeah. for cursing, my rule was for my son was um, always, it had to have like purpose to it. So there was one audition he had, oh gosh, he was really young, but it was an open call. And this is really before we really got in the industry. But I remember he, the argument was between him and his mother in the scene and it built up, built up. And then finally the kid goes, F you. Um, but it was appropriate because he was standing up slowly 
to his mom in the, in the moment. And that final moment to get her attention, he used it. See, and I'm okay with that because yeah. there was, th that was significant. It wasn't just some kid trying to be cool and drop the F-bomb every time. Yeah. So that, so that's the difference between good writing, I'd say, and bad writing. But, um, so that's the limits. But as an adult, you know, I don't know, you've, you've been out in the field <laughs> before, right, Larry? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you've probably seen some. Uh, no comment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's better left at, you know, it's, it's been, um, you know, we were talking about the Harvey Weinstein thing and I don't know if you want to get into that, but you know, all that stuff, it doesn't surprise me. It oh doesn't. yeah. It's known. No. Definitely. There's a mom's circle of moms mm -hmm. that really follow who's a possible predator. Yeah. Um, mostly against children because that's yeah. the world they're in. Yeah. Um, obviously, adult, uh, the, the consensus of a lot, uh, census of a lot of mothers usually is that these were adult women making choices. Yeah. Obviously, they were in bad situations. I can't, I'm not speaking, I'm just talking generalities. Mm -hmm. Obviously, there was way inappropriate things that went on that were not okay at all and they didn't consent to it. Uh, then there are some that will use it. And yeah. th that's where the hard, that's where it's hard to tell. Right. But obviously he was a predator. Mm -hmm. um, quite. Yeah. I mean, it was obvious, yeah. but the, 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 the frustrating part, and I'm careful to choose my words, <laughs> um, is that there's, a, there are predators in the kids world, as we all know, um, managers been arrested, you know, a few, uh, six years ago when we first got here, you know, yeah. all these things and they're linked and, they watch them. So like, we kind of know who to watch out for, but the, here's the truth. Let me give you the simple truth really is the way I see it is they can't get to your kid. If you're there, yeah. they just can't, you're the gatekeeper. Now, yeah. can they dupe you? Absolutely. Can a predator, there was an acting coach predator that started dating the mom to get to the kid. So oh I would say God. that goes under the dupe thing. Right. Ugh. So if, but the thing is the, unfortunately kids, you know, that's, that's a bad triangle because if the kid says something and the mom's in love with this guy, you know, it's just really messy. Yeah. But the, but most of the time there's the big part you could teach is the grooming. It's the grooming. Yeah. Um, and so they don't just reach under the, you know, whatever and grab, it's all a grooming process. And that's where when parents let their guard down, Oh, I've been on the set, you know, 30 times and I'm just going to walk away and let you stay in the trailer by myself with your, my kid. Cause I trust you. That's when yeah. you really need to just, just be present. Don't be in the way. Nobody wants the mom in the way. You just need to like be present like there. And also I told my adults to hug their kid once in a while, let people know you have a relationship with your kid. I mean, it, the little quiet things you do like that, then, um, they, cause they're looking for easy targets, right? Like in, in anything sports public they're always looking for these targets but yeah. yes to answer the 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 predator um that did bust and some have been released of their duties of producer positions and other things so well, that's good it yeah. is good we've seen a change in the industry um you know i'm not going to say that there's no more there's agent that was busted not that long i mean well a while ago yeah. but you know honestly like i said you just do your job and 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, this is this is a weird thing to talk about, like on a creative podcast for acting. And I know, sorry. I mean, no, 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 no. And you but, I mean, but see, this is like the crazy world we live in. It is. You well, know? okay, think about it. You know what? This is funny. I was just thinking about this because I've had some encounters with narcissists. And um, I don't know, have you guys ever dealt with narcissists in your life? Uh, oh, <laughs> uh, the weirdest places. Right? So what I was realizing is, I'm like, God, why is it in my life I've met so many? And then I realized, you know, I'm going to guess that they're kind of attracted to this industry. So oh, yeah. people like to throw the industry under the bus, but the truth is, I think it just attracts people. It's not so much the end. I mean, obviously there's bad people in the industry, but what I'm saying is like, but look at that, that bait was a football scandal of the, the, the predator there or whatever that was, you know, the sand dust. Oh, Sandusky, right? yeah. Yeah. So it happens anywhere. Yeah. And it's unfortunately, it's a lot of, you know, whatever. It happens everywhere. Yeah. yeah. And so I don't know. <laughs> you just gotta, it, you, you're in this business. You gotta, as an actor, I honestly would say don't listen to other actors because take it with a grain of salt. You might, you're lucky if you have friends that you can count on. And you're lucky if you have friends that say, hey, I just heard about this job or whatever see if you can get in on it i would definitely you know caution on some of that because i've been in the rooms where moms brag and they brag over stuff that like what if they did background and they make it look it wasn't background you know what i mean No, they do that all the time oh my gosh right (laughs) all the time and they get in your head and what their goal is is to mess you up before you go in that room Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and it's sitting out there because it's intimidating enough when you go into an audition room and you're thinking, you look in the mirror, you've spent all this time prepping and going and, and you walk in and go, man, this is going to be so great. And all of a sudden you walk in and you see like 10 other yous and you're like, oh crap. Yeah. <laughs> and then right? there's always, oh, there's always that one actor guy who, He's like psyching himself out and he's like really trying to talk up the room and trying to make him make himself like maybe he's like trying to oh bigger trying to like you know like get into everybody's head or you See, know so I'm used to yeah. kicking back in the room and the air conditioner just <laughs> waiting for people to impress me. <laughs> Why right? Which is what okay, right. So th- so what I just heard is that when somebody walks in the room, you're not thinking about anybody else out there. This actor has a chance to impress you. Yeah. Yeah. That, that it doesn't, that's what I say. I go, yes, there's competition, but there's not competition because you're yeah. really in competition with yourself. Yeah. Go in and do the best you can do. And that's really what matters. Um, obviously there's going to be so many factors in play that you cannot control. And I really think 90% of it is looks. Um, and, and Eric, you can tell me if I'm wrong in thinking this, because the thing is with that, if you're, if you're a tomboy, you're not going to play the cheerleader. You're just not. Exactly. Yeah. And, 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 but, but that, I bet that is a big thing with an agent or manager, the agent or manager should know. And I, I, I know, I know you're better than that because there's some agents and manager, they'll just send you, it's like going to uh, play in vegas they're just like sending out your headshot and going hey 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 how about this and you walk in and you're supposed to be like six two and i'm like not six two right or <laughs> close. You're close. right it's it's it's, uh, it's odd and it's just it looks bad not not just on you but 
but the agent too. But yeah, I mean, well, I think know. it's more momagers doing that, right? And yeah. you know, they'll have their kid doing a headshot for any type of role there is. Like, hey, this is their dork headshot. This right, is their right. kid headshot. It's like, uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> no, you, you know. Sorry, go ahead. Oh no, no, go ahead. I was going to ask Darcy about um, how you feel about headshots and what you tell your clients. Well, okay. It's a, first off, you're Eric. You're right because um, the problem with kids—they don't know their brand, or parents don't understand the brand yet. Yes. So they want to throw out everything. And when you're nine years old, what is your brand? <laughs> I mean, I mean, there. But there are some. If you're really skinny, you're not going to get. Right. <laughs> you're not going to get <laughs> the bully rolls. You're just no, not. You're going to get the bullied roll. You're yeah. good, right. You're good, right. Exactly. If you're small and skinny, they're going to get, if you're nine, they're going to get somebody 11 or 12 um, wh that appears in height. Now, if they get a big 10 year old, fine. It's all about the height. Yeah. And then they're going to be probably chunkier, like bigger somehow, like mm -hmm. husky or whatever. Um, exactly. Because you can't have a scrawny kid picking on a big guy. <laughs> it's not going to happen. <laughs> so, so those things. But headshots are mega important. And I know there can be expensive. My general spiel on that is I think if you can get them as low as 300, great. If you're, but three to 50 to 400 ish, you should be getting some really good headshots in LA. Yeah. And the reason they cost a lot, if nobody's ever heard those numbers, is because you also are getting the rights. If you're not getting the rights, go somewhere else. But you're getting the rights to all the photos. Um, so you can use them in any way, shape, or form. You don't have to get, you do have to get like, um, permission to, to get that right in, in writing. And it could be just a simple email, but honestly, I, I go to Costco for printing and I have, I've never even ordered a hundred of from the, the printer. Um, I always just use Costco. And what I was doing is they were asking so many times for the rights that I would, I just put it in a four by six picture and I'd order 15 cents that. And then I'd pick them up. They go, thank you so much for letting us know. Cause, but in LA, I don't even think they bother because, um, there's this town is full of actors getting headshots. Oh, so they yeah. kind of know the routine that they usually have the rights to it. But if you ever go to somebody and then they want to print them for you, that is on this. I'm going to hesitate to fully call it a scam. I've heard of managers doing that. And that is illegal. You, a manager oh. and an agent can only make money off their clients through the comp, uh, the commission of an actual employment. So yeah. in other words, I can't charge my clients for headshots or self tapes or video or um, editing or um, anything, a PR, anything. It's illegal for me and agents. Wow. I didn't know. No. That. Yeah, I, now I, it is. I, I, see, actually, I was going to say, I knew some managers who would like, you know, like, well, I've got to send out postage. And this is like when they were sending out headshots through managers uh, and stuff. I mean, through messenger. And, yeah. and deliver that way. But no, well, now it's like not it, at all. Yeah, yeah, it's different now. I didn't even think about that expense because that was pre-me be, being in the industry. Because once yeah. they went digital, I mean, we knew that was coming, right? Oh, yeah. This, this, oh, in fact, yeah. that's when uh, they were black and white too, the headshots. Oh, yeah. It's you know, totally I went, changed now. I went through like the, the, head, the full headshot, then the three-quarter, and then the waist, and then it became color. And I felt like, like an old talk. Now the talkies are going to start. <laughs> Um, right. I have a headshot story and then a question. We were 
I was in film school. It wasn't a film school project. It was a side one. And we had actors coming in to audition. A lot of them were giving us headshots. One guy handed me his headshot and then asked for it back because they're expensive. And it wasn't even a real a glossy one. It was like a regular printer one. And I was like, man, you are not, even if you're the best actor, you are not getting this role. No. Wow. No. Oh, what? what? So with the rise of social media, Instagram and stuff like that, and I've even seen actors putting their social media followings on their headshots. How important is that for someone? Because for, I'll be honest, for me, if I see that, I'm a little grossed out by it. But then I'm like, hey, I'm going to need to raise money for this thing. And that's a thousand people who are following them. If they each gave a dollar, that's a thousand dollars. So is a strong social media presence important? That is a very good question. And I'm going to say it can be. It's probably my best answer, which isn't very, I know, definitive. But the truth is this. This is an industry where they'll, they'll, they'll get a named actor just because they want, they think it's going to help the movie, right? Mm -hmm. So um, if you have a large following, then that could be attractive. But I'd say for a studio level or anything to influence, it'd have to be a lot. And I'm not even sure, you know, if that, they've got to weigh it. But the problem is there's problems with social media stars. I'll get into it in a minute. But first, independent filmmakers, if you've got a following, I would say you want on an independent film, you want in there because you're climbing the ladder like everybody else. Absolutely, like do every edge you can. But it's also refreshing to hear you're a little grossed out by it. Because- Oh, very, very, it's nasty. Well, and to be honest with you, all the real actors I know feel the same way. So there, there's where the divide is, right? Because actors are like, I just want to act, um, but I'll do this. But then, but then because they're realizing these social media people that come out of nowhere, right? Because yeah. YouTube was snubbed um, before that Rosanna Piscina, I think her name is from Nerdy Nummies. She was an actor. A lot of them are used yeah. to be actors. You'd be surprised. And um, so she, her agent said, drop me. I don't remember, uh, forgive me if I brought this up last time, but she, um, her agent said, drop it, drop YouTube or drop, we'll drop you. And she said, well, dropped me then and basically they dropped her and then jokes on them because look what happened to youtube so and then they went this general consistent was like oh my gosh we got to get a star because we're now we're going to get viewership so then they but what happened is on set they weren't respectful of the industry honestly they they would show up late they wouldn't communicate the same they weren't even good actors that's the biggest thing because i i there were some shows I know some friends of mine have worked on and they were telling me how all those things. And so now they're not going to use any more YouTube people. That was like maybe four or five years ago. I say amen to that because I have a problem with YouTube. It feels like they fall into it while there's actors who struggle to get by. And then there's people who get famous for making fun of people. Right now, my thing is, I love when an actor uses social media to promote. But if you're a social media person, it's like, you know, I'm a YouTuber who wants to act. No, don't even you're not you're not allowed in our in our world. You don't respect it. 
and that that's the biggest thing is the respect and then and then the the cheesiness i guess of it like you're right like there is a right way to promote through the social media and i think if you're natural you've got the following from acting and and you just post appropriate things and not try to be something you're not or try yeah. to use it up right um i think if you're just you i think that's a, a good way of doing it but i can tell you what we've reached out because of the kickstarter to people like bloggers did you know every blogger now wants money to post or write anything about it I'm like, really i thought you guys were kind of like journalists just blogging apparently not everybody wants money and we're like well, this is crazy. Losing out to the vloggers is the thing, you know. Is that what it is? Because yeah. it's so. I I was like, wow, really? Okay, that's interesting. And then we did have um someone approach us with the social media influencer who has quite a following. But again, there, you know, you said thousand people put in a dollar, but the truth is, do people really? Yeah, do that. Not, Can you yeah. really? Because think about it, when you release a video and it goes viral. But it didn't cost anybody to watch the video. So just because you got a view doesn't really translate to money. No. So um, we'll, I, I don't know if this person has the weight to go, hey, guess what? I'm in a Kickstarter. Can you do it? And the problem, too, is we don't really want to, I hate to say this, but sell out to just a social media person. Now, this one that we were considering because she's an actor and she's actually a good actor, okay? So it was some. But the thing is, it turned into something... I won't go into it, but it just wasn't really appropriate fit. And then our biggest concern and it may, our concerns may have been valid. I don't, we won't know probably, but the problem is once you get them on set, like then they turn, um, the other problems that people had that they turn kind of diva status. So you know what it costs to make a movie, right? And now all of a sudden they're complaining about the hotel room and they want to be in this top notch hotel, which can cost you thousands of night. Because here's the idea. They're used to brands throwing money at them. You know, Pringles, mm -hmm. or I just named Pringles. I have no idea if they did it. But those big, Frito, what is that? Frito, they have millions and millions of dollars and it's free advertising for them yeah. once they pay for all that stuff, right? So they're, they're going to put them up in a 10000 or $20,000 suite if some wear at an event if they really wanted to they have the money to do it so the point is i'm not singling them out i'm just that was the first brand that popped in my head <laughs> but the point is is um as an independent filmmaker you can't have it oh my gosh the the risk of having somebody show up late even is a mm. huge concern for an independent filmmaker when you're running super 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 tight and i think that's where the divide is in that in that too so I feel, you know, I don't know what to say. It's, I think if you are going to be a social media star, let's say you have a following, then you, you need to position your brand as an actor and, and, and not that you're just out to make a buck off of that. Even though you are, it's okay to make money. But if you, if you're perceived as a social media star, just to get the attention, it's not going to really fly too well. I think for a lot of decision makers, I would think. Right. But yeah. Anyway, I, I think like chick, Chicken Girls did really well, I guess. I'm not as familiar. The guy was really smart. He did that. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Um, a little bit. A little bit. When no. he took, I guess he took a bunch of 12 or 13 year old social media people. Like this is years ago, you know, before it really, really took off. But he, he was smart. They had a following. They weren't necessarily the best actors. I have not seen it, but this is what I've heard. Uh, but, but guess what? Their followers didn't care. And of course he did 
you know, the, the best video he can make with that budget, which wasn't super high. But now he's sitting with a lot of money, from what I understand, to make what he wants to make. And then he's bringing in real actors and doing what he wants. So, you know, at first I was like, oh gosh, is he, you know, doing it that way? But then I see the success and I go, wow, good for him. You know, good for him for taking something and, you know, making it something. And of course he's got a following. So it's just kind of interesting how it all plays. And I feel like we are still a little bit in the wild, wild west with it. It'll play out more and more as we see. It's a little crazy, isn't it? You just post videos and you become insta-famous. Isn't yeah. that like a movie yeah. or something? I don't know. Oh, yeah. But so for actors, here's what I want to say. Do not stress about it. If, you, if you're chasing being social media influencer just to try to get a role, it's not the way to do it anyway. I'm not going to say that they're not going to look at them at the following because that's not true either. But the, the, at the end of the day, they really want the best actor for the part. Um, and I mean, sometimes it may influence it, but sometimes it wouldn't. So, if um, you know, if you do do it, I, I mean, I'm terrible at myself trying to do all these accounts. It's tough. Yeah. You guys are on it better than me i just the time it takes to to post i'm like oh this is crazy but um but i think you do have to do it because you got to promote so um that's the necessary evil you know it's it's kind of crazy darcy um by the way we're back with darcy warner thank you darcy for being on the show tonight um uh we're talking about acting and really more in depth about the industry um and what it's kind of going through with like social media and youtube and i think a lot of actors could be confused I, and you would know more than me but um let's kind of let's stay i guess kind of shift gears um what is it like for you when actors like approach you um because there, there, there's probably actors out there going, well, okay, man, just get to it. Like, is she, how did I, how do I get you? Yeah. Like, how can I, how can I send my stuff to her? Does she accept stuff? Like, um, like how, what is the best way? And first of all, are you looking just for kids or young adults? I do both. Um, lately I've been focused on building the kids. Um, I do consider adults. They're, it, I'm going to be honest, it's just harder. And I, I know it sucks, but it just does. Um, but first off, maybe I'm thinking that it would be good to clarify the difference between a manager and an agent. Yes. yes so, because a lot of people are very confused about that. And I was too until you start getting into it. But the truth is, an agent is regulated by the state. I'm talking California, by the way, whenever mm -hmm. I mention something, I know every state's different. But I do believe that they're ahead of the laws. And a lot of states follow what that goes on in California for this. And there's I reasons for it. Manhattan and New York is right below you guys. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So the so when I talk like no money and stuff, that's a California thing. And it should be true in everywhere, right? Because that's a little yeah. scammy. There's a reason they have that law there. But um, the truth is the difference between the agent and manager. Agents are regulated. Managers are not. Um, they have to get their contracts approved by the state. Um, and there's also um, a law where if an agent does not get you work within a four-month period, you can be released from your contract. So that is to prevent shelving and shady things that some agents is, are possible to do. Um, a shelving means 
that they're not submitting you. And it could be unintentional and intentional. If there's, if they have, let's say your threats, like you go out all the time with one of their kids at auditions or adults, I mean, it could be both. Um, but, and you like are, you actually book and they're worried about you. They'll literally sign you and then prevent you from going out yeah. just so that they're star. Cause they want to push the moneymaker because to them, you know, you know, that would be one bad reason. Another reason is simply they kind of forgot about you, which yeah. we'd like to say that that doesn't happen. But when you have a large, like hundreds of clients, it happens. Yeah. I mean, it just does. Um, I can tell, you know, I, I used to be with Greg Baker Management who did New York and he has like over a hundred clients. That just the going through it all, it's always sort of by alphabetical FYI. My son's last name is Warner. He's an actor, by the way. And so I realized in my own break, I was like, he's always at the bottom. Well, what if you had 300 clients because you're a big agency oh, and, and then now there's five of you, right? So they go through, like you said, there's all these people looking in the office like you do. And you, and, and then by the time they get to W's, maybe they've already picked five yeah. or eight actors, right? So that would be a little, I'm not like, I'm not saying go change your name by any means. <laughs> I'm just saying that really what the important thing is that you're not with an agency where they have five of you. They really, you should be within that five. Um, and actually if you're in that five, you better be the top three out of the five. Yeah. Um, so you constantly are in their mind. The other sly way of doing it, and we're going to bring it back to YouTube, <laughs> is <laughs> if you posted a funny video, um, I, you could go find my son. I, my son likes to goof around for slate shots when we make do um, videos. So I need to do another one. I just don't have time, but I threw together a funny slate shot video um, and I put it up on YouTube and then I sent it to his agents um, and they loved it. They're like, and then boom, audition commercially came in. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, so those are the sly things you can do. Oh, I did an interview. Like if you, you know, did something, you just email it to them. And then it, it just keeps them fresh in their mind. Cause most agents really don't want to just sign dead weight to their roster. Um, so they really do want everybody working because it, it really translates to that. But okay. So agents are like bigger and a lot of clients and they negotiate contracts. It's another thing. Legally, I cannot as a manager, negotiate a contract. As a parent of a child, I could, but now my son's 18, so technically I can't. Um, but um, an actor could negotiate, but that's a bad idea. Don't even do that. Um, <laughs> if you don't have an agent and you still want representation for negotiation, you can use an entertainment attorney. And I'm going to argue not that there's, there's great agents out there, so this is not, oh, dump your agent and go get an entertainment attorney. But if you think about it, and an attorney explained this to me too. It was really interesting. She said, Darcy, agents should never, she believes no agents should never negotiate because what happens when, you know, we push a client, um, oh, we got this client, you got to see them. They're great. They do this. They fit this way. Um, they're pushing, pushing, agents especially are pushing, 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 pushing. And then they, let's say they want you now, right? You're up, you're down to the final, whatever. You're going to go to testing. I'm talking mostly probably testing on a pilot, let's say. Um, well, you know, the industry wised up and now they, they put everybody under contract before they even test. Yeah. So now you really don't know if you're even going to get it or not, but they know that they're going to put you under contract. So whoever they pick is already under contract. Um, so what, what happens is that is now the agent's supposed to go, well, you can't get them for that rate. 
no, 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 it's got to be more. And like, so their first, they're going, yes, 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 push, push, push. And now they're like, take it away. Right, <laughs> Which right. is like kind of a sales thing. But the truth is it's putting on a different hat. Whereas if you get an entertainment attorney, now you've got to be careful. I feel that you have to be a little careful with who you push. I pick because they could push you right out of it. I believe <laughs> that that, oh, bless you. Thank you. I, I believe that that's a risk too, but you know, they have a lot of experience in it and you just have to ask around and there's different levels of entertainment attorneys. And of course you could just say, look, don't go full throttle. You know, I just want a little bit more. Can you bump me just a little bit? And then, you know, that, but you're going to have to cross that bridge when you get there. Cause there's so many different factors. Let's say you already worked a ton of times. Like maybe you don't really need this job. So then ask for more money if they're willing to pay it and you're happy. Yeah. I mean, hopefully you like the project because really at the end of the day, I think producers, right, want somebody who loves their project. But but, but let's say you need it desperately. I don't know if I would want to take the risk because these a job can change your life forever. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like Christy Metz on um, This Is Us. That was, um, my son was with that agency she worked at at the time. And I mean, she had what, 87 cents in her, in her account oh. at the time when she booked it. Mm -hmm. I mean, so I love those kind of stories, right? So yeah, they're great. Um, so you, you, you know, if she had super, somebody super aggressive, um, although that's a really, he's a good agent. So he, he kind of is aggressive. So maybe it worked out for, her. I don't know. Obviously it did because she got the part, but what I'm saying is maybe if you're too, you push yourself out, but I don't know if that's always true. Like it's like, all right, Eric, the producer, <laughs> like, yeah. right. Does there, there's somebody that puts demands out there. It might actually scare you away, especially, you know, if you're, if you're trying to pull a diva thing and you're not a diva, I would say that's bad. <laughs> I have a story dealing with that with a momager. Now, when I did Her Name Was Samantha, my award-winning short film, <laughs> I'm a hunter when it comes to finding talent. I'll go to like Now Casting, New York Casting, and I'll just email people, hey, here's my credentials. I dig you as an actor. I found this actress who I thought would be great for the role. I emailed the mom. She's like, who are you? How did you find us? <laughs> oh like, my well, gosh. you know, you're on a casting webpage and I think your daughter would be great for the part. Here's the script. She dug it, but then she started sending me these things like, listen, when we filmed a movie, there is to be no drugs and alcohol on set. And I'm like, well, everybody on my set gets a keg of beer and a duffel bag of cocaine. So we're going <laughs> to problem. I didn't say that. <laughs> then I was like, okay, you know, I'm getting the IMDb ready. And I'm like, so, hey, what's her name on IMDb? Because there's two. Oh, she is not the B on IMDb or her name in the credits. Uh, I'm like, okay, how? so you want her to act, but you don't want her on IMDb, and her name can't be in the credits. And you know what? She didn't get the part. It's, a shock, it's a shock, but yeah. <sighs> how old is she? The, like 10? Oh, so it was the parent probably. Because if that was a teenager, I, I, my guess would be that the mom doesn't really want her acting. Because when it's that young, it's usually the parents might be showing yeah. them. But it was like, you're going to destroy your daughter's career. Yeah. Oh Even gosh, before it starts. You know, yeah. actually. Um, and I just want to point out that was a joke. It's two kegs of beer and a. <laughs> 
backpack of cocaine when you do one of my movies. Okay, well, like I said earlier, if the parent is there watching, it doesn't matter how much drugs on set because you're never going to be left alone with them, right? <laughs> where's so, mom or where's dad? Where's They're in the it, back right? room. Oh, the rack in the trailer, whatever. The playing room. <laughs> You know, that is, that is, that's, that's really horrible because, you know, a- actors are, are bad enough trying to um, uh, position themselves out of like something great um, or, uh, but it's even worse when you have an agent um, that really just goes balls to the wall and just tries to be really aggressive. And then, you know, and, and I'm like, if, if and i rarely deal like when i shoot i try to stay as far away from agents and managers as possible because because i can't meet those demands because i you know i can't pay you know well why why aren't you sag because i told you i wasn't sag but why and it's like because i don't want to go sag i i can't afford to do sag i can't afford to do this i can't afford look man i'm just trying to create something cool where everybody's going to get tape and you know well, something that's cool. And that's a, a difference with the manager and agent. So the agent does all that stuff. The manager ideally is supposed to support the agent and care about the career. Right. And there's, by the way, there's all types of managers. I mean, people could just say they're a manager tomorrow. It doesn't really, <laughs> you know, you got to really kind of look into it. But the, the truth is the way I see it for myself is I am a manager of careers. So if there's a job out there for them, like the way it's supposed to work is I might submit them because I do get the breakdowns. I do submit. All right. But the thing is a lot of times they'll go through the agent for the, the audition. And certainly when it turns into something more, boom, the agent's involved. Um, if they don't have an agent, then I get an entertainment attorney for them. If it's something big, because um, my goal is the career. And I, I mean, I've that. had, I've had agents submit on stuff that I wouldn't submit on. Um, because for the, for a certain actor, because they don't need it. Like, so if, if you've got already 10 short films under your belt, you probably don't need another one. You really don't. Because what happens is then people start to think, oh, that's all you can do. That's that's the short film guy. Yes. Right. 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 Which, you know, is a little unfortunate it's seen that way because really I love that it's helping a lot of times short films are trying to climb the ladder themselves. So I really love that people want to do those, but at the same time, you don't necessarily want that on your resume all you know that many yeah. and except once it goes on imdb it's there forever yep. so i've had people complain about like small they got into some stuff i've heard it and they want their yeah. name off but they did it you know so it's it's really hard to get off but but a short film here and there you know i remember taking my son to a callback on a short film and there's the kid from um modern family the oh, wow. manny is it manny i think that's yeah. his name on the show and I, you know, that, that was good to go. You know, if he's doing this, yeah. this is a good thing, right? Because, and why would he do that? Let's, I mean, I have no idea. I don't know him personally, but I imagine it's because he's trying to do a different role mm-hmm. other than his TV character. Yeah. Because you yeah. see that all the time. We're like, um, even, um, oh gosh, his name is leaving me. Dallas Buyers Club, Matthew McConaughey. Oh, uh-huh. okay. That was a great movie. And he yeah. showed such a different side to him. 
Yeah. I mean, when 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 the voting came around, I'm begging my son, you can't watch it, but please vote for it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, please, you don't understand. It's really good. And da, 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 but I, you know, he couldn't really watch it because he was young. Now he can, I guess. But uh, obviously he's 18. But the point is, I was like, you know, just trust me on this one. It was a really good, I mean, he did a great job. But um, so managers, I always look like I'm building careers, not jobs. Cause that's freaking great. That's what I'm, yeah, that's what my goal is to do. And so when I got somebody that doesn't have um, any credits, then absolutely a short film. In fact, anybody new starting out absolutely should be submitting on every short film, student film they can. And I'll tell you why. Audition, 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 audition. I like when we came to town, I was submitting and getting my son three times a week. He was going out on student films, short films. And there was one time that he was supposed to, in the script, swing a bat. And I said, Honey, swing the bat when you practice. No, I'll do it in the room. And if now, let me tell you, if this was a big studio or something, I would have said, No, 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 I'm not letting you fail. Practice. But I'm like, Okay, it's a student film. We get there, it's a total cattle call. I'm like, oh, this is a good one. Okay, let him do his thing. He comes out and goes, I forgot to swing the bat, mom. I'm like, <laughs> okay, that lesson was way worth yeah. me than me being the naggy mom. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, so, so make your mistakes, iron it out, get the practice, the rhythm, just doing as many auditions as you can. Yeah. I always see an audition as a, um, like a lottery ticket. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. um, if you can't, you can't win the lottery if you don't have an audition, right? So yeah, exactly. just yeah. getting the audition also is just such a chance at building a relationship with the office or the people. If you do a short film too, by the way, all those people are, they're probably going to be in the industry down the road and oh, student yeah. films. I mean, oh, yeah. so they're great when you do, if you do book them after all the auditions, you know, then you build relationships with people. And sometimes we've done student films where they just kind of fade away and then but then there's some that aren't and they're building it and they're going further and further and further and so one day you know it could it could pay off for sure and oh definitely for sure from the filmmaking side is i use the same actors all the time so really? if i That's have great. a great experience with one you know their part might be small in one movie but they'll be the lead in the next one and but that's what you keep telling me, but you keep putting me in the background with no line. <laughs> but so here's another thing I want to point out, and I want to know what you think about this. When, I'm ha when I have an actor come in to audition, I always want them to be relaxed, and I try to just talk to them as a person before I have them read, because I would rather have the second best actor, but the best person the be around for a week. So when you're getting actors ready to go on auditions, is that some advice that you give them, you know, the be loose, be talkative, stuff like that? Absolutely. I think you want to build a relationship with the office, but it's also, you're there, you know, they've seen a hundred people or 30 people or whatever it is. And well, they've probably seen a hundred because even if they only saw 30 people for your role, they probably have other roles they're filling that day too. So when you come in, you know, it's good to do a little small talk and you certainly could do it while you're walking back. Hey, how's it going? Oh, it's hot or whatever. And then you do your part and then you can hopefully have an opportunity at the end to kind of 
say something a little bit, you kind of have to feel it because if they're like onto the next, then you just leave. Uh, you don't want to ever overstay because then oh. it becomes awkward, right? So, Super but just awkward. a little like, hey, great, you know, have a nice day. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I think thank you goes a, um, a long yeah. way. Yeah. Um, so if you just say thank you, I think they appreciate it too. You know, Carson used to say, have a nice day. <laughs> and I never stopped him because that's who he is, you know, yeah. but um, it's, it's true for both adults and, and, and kids. And fortunately I tried to pick good parents that don't mm. aren't these problems because in fact, to be really honest, I think the industry kind of looks out for them. Um, there's, we, I just ended up dropping one actually, because he already kind of gave me some signals that he's going to be that dad. And this girl's only five. Um, and then right away, it's been a month. Why does she have anything? I'm like, well, she's five. The law is six to get that extra hour. So if you're, you know, you, kids don't get that many out work hours anyway. So an extra hour could mean you getting the shot or not, you know? Yeah. And, um, so those are the things you have to deal with. And this parent, not only that was interrupting a lot, like get your hands out of your pocket, do this, do that, correcting oh, her constantly. Uh, uh, and so I had to have that so talk. I, I know, uh, I know I had, um, I have my clients sometimes when they don't at five years old, they don't have <laughs> very much on their resume. <laughs> so I, I like, Look, come over to my house. I'll film her doing a personality reel. And so they did. And I don't charge my clients because that's wrong. Um, but I just do it. And I, I go, let's film a personality reel. So she would spin around and her head to the back of the camera, right? And of course, he's trying to correct it. And I finally said, Dad, if she spins around, I can cheat it and cut it and edit it. But if you talk over her, there's nothing I can do. And so he finally stopped. And then, you know what I did that was, I'd like to say, really good thinking on my part, but really brilliant on her part i showed her the video back i said hey do you want to see yourself and then i she's the cutest little girl and um i go look but when you spin around we can't see your cute face she never did it again wow and then after a few takes of different things and i was trying to draw out some personality and i'd play it back i tell you what the light bulb went on and she went oh my gosh i get this i know what i'm supposed to do mm. and she just whipped out a song out of thin air Whoa. And it was the cutest little thing. She like <laughs> sang the song. And I, when it was over, I clicked and I looked at the dad and he goes, I've never seen that in my life. Now that's what, I mean, I nice. was like, I got goosebumps right now. Cause she was just, this is a girl that I could see going far. She's already yeah. five and she gets it. She knows what the camera wants and needs to, to do it. Yeah. Right. Amazing. Yeah. Dad's a little cray cray. So I already got the call from the agent. She's he's demanding talent reports. He's doing this. He then he pulled the race card because she's oh, not, no. I know. No, and no. I'm like, oh, no. you're killing me. <laughs> I know. I was like, oh. And the agent was blasted him back a little bit because he happened, she happened to have the same race going out on another audition, but oh, they no. were six and she's only five. And of course they're not gonna see her. So okay. I know. This is nuts. This is absolutely yeah. Darcy, what do you want to tell all the parents out there in the best way? But you know what? Can you can there ever be a best way possible? Because this is this is what you're up against. I think. Well, this is what we're all up against when we deal with kids and movies and TV shows and commercials. So well, what is it? Well, I mean, and see, here's the, here's the, we know what it is. But. Right. So here's the dilemma. 
do I say what we're looking for to weed them out? Because then what if they cover it up? Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I, <laughs> do I want to give the clues of you can't talk on, I mean, I do because at the end of the day, there are parents that just don't know how to behave. And those are the people I have a heart for because they're just, they're scared. You've got yeah. all, I've seen this. I've yeah. seen parents come in and go, oh, I don't know what to do, but my kid really wants to do this. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm like, I don't know. They don't know who to trust because they heard all the stories out of Hollywood. Uh. They don't, you know, but they, they, you know how when your kid wants something, you're like, okay, but I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I've seen a lot of that. And, um, you know, for, I wish I could rep everybody. I really do to help them. But the truth is I can't. And I, I have to, um, you know, I have to keep my other clients, you know, I just, I, I only so much time in the day. So those yeah. are developmental uh, talent when you have to develop them and, and no credit. And, but I'm not just doing the talent, I'm doing the parents. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but the truth is, not to be pushy, the common sense stuff, be polite, be there for your kid, but don't be there. The, the rule is really nobody wants to deal with the parent, right? Nobody really wants to deal with nope. the parent. And yeah. it's not because they hate parents per se. It's because the bad ones give it a bad name. And, and it's not that they don't want you to look out for your kid. That's not it. They just don't want the pushy parent. Don't want the, you know, whatever on, on in commercials, the background kids are taught to push out other kids to get next to the lead actor because then oh, they might get a bump up and pay. I don't know. Try to get the director to talk to them. Right. Oh, yeah. right. Yeah. There you go. So they're, they're, these poor kids are taught these things, but you know, I, I try and I, I believe a lot of agents and managers try to weed them out. And I think that's why I know it's kind of a double-edged sword because you don't really want to deal with agents. Well, really what, they're saying is there's no money and they don't have the time to sit here and spend on all these emails back and forth for a project that pays like 125 a day. I mean, that's really a lot of agents, some managers. I'd like to think managers are more willing to do it because again, they should be about the career really. Yeah. So if it's, it, if it's a smart thing, which I do for my clients, cause I think sometimes, Oh my gosh, this would be great. By the way, one time I dug out a short film, that was connected to Ron Howard's company was doing it with a student, oh. right? I was like, oh, I'm submitting my talent, click, click. Yeah. And then a girl, a girl I had went all the way down to number two choice. Oh, so man. they wow, were excited nice. because, you know, those projects do exist um, to get, you know, so you get what's best for you. But for the parents out there, I, number one, your kid has to want to do it. That five-year wanted to do it. It's really unfortunate that, and maybe dad will figure it out because I did have a hard, a good talk with him. My hard talk, which is, you know, I was truthful and, and he might figure it out down the road. And sometimes I think people have to stumble to figure it out. But um, the truth is just, of course, be courteous. Don't talk on set. Your kid has to want it. Definitely. That's the number one thing you can't make it. See, that's the question in everybody's head. Who wants right. it more, the kid yeah. or the, the yeah. mom yeah. or the dad? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. and so that six minutes. So okay. I'm gonna send we'll a pick link. it back up. Yeah, because I have some questions that I've been wanting to ask also. So I count. This is going so well. I know. Okay. Oh, awesome. I feel like I got tons to talk about. <laughs> that's but, and that's it. That's the crazy part. It's so good. It's there's so many things. I've got so many stories. I don't even. 
Like they skipped my give, head. Pr- I'm gonna let you know my the thing I'm gonna ask now, so you can be ready for it. Okay. How important is being on those casting web pages? Good question. And more importantly, the casting house programs like. What's the place on Melrose? Cats Kazaa or something? You know? Oh, um, about? No, wait. Oh, the, the casting Tower? house? Yeah, there's like oh. the where you can go do your casting at on Melrose. Cats. You're talking C A T Z? Yeah. No, no, C A Z T. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Places like that. Like How it. and then there's right on Hollywood Boulevard by the library, there's also one. Okay, so as a filmmaker, I think I, I mentioned this earlier, I don't usually work with a casting director because I've only done shorts and I'm a hunter when it comes to parts. I used to post on Craigslist till they started charging, but now mm-hmm. I use all the web pages like the Backstage, uh, Now Casting, New York Casting, and hey, word to the wise, if you're a filmmaker or a casting director, you don't got to pay to sign up for those pages. You can just use them. Now, they do charge actors to be on stuff like that, as mm-hmm. well as the audition houses. You know, they have like, you can use our space for free. You just have to use, have so many of our actors come in. Is, mm-hmm. Excuse me. Is stuff like that important for an actor to have? Absolutely. So, um, going back with like now casting, there's LA casting, which is casting networks, but just for LA. There's also Actors Access, which is literally, yeah, the Actors Access to the breakdown system, which every agent and manager gets. All the, they, so the, that's the Actors Access. So that's, if you only have one account, I'd say that's the most important one to get. Just because, uh, it, I mean, depends. If you want to do commercials, things like that, then LA Casting but or Casting Networks. But the thing is, I, I've seen, you can find good stuff. When I say I submitted my kid, that's what I was using, Actors Access. And I was, you know, I tell my parents this, watch it every day. You'll start getting notices. I go, just watch it. Do not submit on everything, like you said earlier at the beginning, like the spaghetti. You're just throwing spaghetti. They're not going to value that. But um, if you fit, submit. Um, if you don't, don't, <laughs> but yeah. the point, cause you could get a, you know, you don't want to get a mark against you, but I mean, cause they can take notes and stuff, but the point is watch it because when something really good comes along, you're going to know it and then you jump on it. Um, and that's how I got him his first feature film. And this is way back before I ever thought I was going to be a manager. I was just trying to get, he wants, my kid wants to act and you know, I lived in California, so he kind of knows some things, but, um, I did submit them and then I saw feature film, independent. <gasps> Let's do this. <laughs> okay. I submit right away. No questions, no hesitation. Boom, he got called in actually at Cat Studio. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then he ended up booking it off of that. Um, but, you know, only because I knew how rare it was for a feature film, a full length, you know, um, to be that I jumped on it. And I think that's what I tell people watch it because then you know when something's good you'll you'll weed out the you know the bad stuff i mean when i say bad i mean like people that are you just don't sometimes know what you're getting so you do have to be a little careful like i always google people's names you know or imdb it and you do have the question of are people like 
there are shady people. So as a producer, just, yeah. in fact, this happened to one of my clients, um, a, a kid's casting site that has the word kid in it. And I would never use anything yeah. that had that because it's not, oh, any no. of the major ones have the word kid, right? Oh, no. And she goes, oh, by the way, this casting office, they want pictures and they want yeah. her in certain outfit and paint her nails silver. Nope. And I was like, whoa, 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 whack the horse up. <laughs> what are yeah, you saying? Give me that uh, information so I can call the FBI. Well, that's what we figured out. We figured out that it was out of the country. I can't, my parent bought the clothes and because they didn't know any better. The problem is they don't know what's normal in the industry because they're very new and I just got on them and, and I'm like, oh gosh, I hope they trust me because I'm going to tell them, oh my God, run for the hills. Because yeah, yeah. I, and so I finally said, I said, look, you don't understand. I just watched that finding or missing Madeline Mc. McCon. Oh, oh yeah uh, and i'm like do you realize what they're probably doing they wanted high res photos of her i said she's probably gonna go in a catalog you know what catalogs are for, for yeah, that's, that's, so, so they went oh my gosh and so they didn't do it so you do have this is what i want to stress you have to look out for that now these are more reputable sites that i've mentioned um do they like actors access i think when as a producer when you submit on there i think you might have to i don't remember i don't know um eric if you've dealt with actors access or breakdowns oh, yeah. they've never charged they never charged it's great yeah you, you need For to, actors they, got a charge they made oh yeah like a monthly, a monthly yeah. but, to put your picture i've up. never paid for until now with craigslist charging for everything but all yeah. the things i've used it's always been free for filmmakers well, also, uh, what I, they do try to vet them a little bit. Um, there is, I think, some sort of um, vetting process because I've noticed when I watch the breakdown, sometimes they come out of order. I'm like, wait, because it shows me when I viewed something. I'm like, oh, I swore I cleared that, but whatever. Also, one of the producers on our film, they, they said that it kind of takes a little bit. I've never posted a project myself up there, but I can tell you this, it's a little more vetted. It's going to be a little more, you know, if there's ever a complaint on a project that looks shady, it's going to get weeded out. So if you're a parent, I definitely recommend Actors Access. It is free to set the account up. You get two free photos after that costs money. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I'm not going to lie. The industry kind of, you know, has a love-hate with it because they don't like, they do a little bit nickel and dime the actors a little bit, you know, to pay $20 per minute of a reel. You don't yep. need more than a minute, so it only should cost you $20. Um, little stuff like that. But the, the truth is you can get in for free at least put your profile up It'd be great to have a video for 20 bucks um also to submit though it does cost two dollars i believe per submission so that's kind of a, a but for kids you really aren't going to be submitting that, maybe that much but then i think it's 65 dollars a year which when you add to yeah that's not bad because i mean like i said my son was going out three times a week so do the math on that how many yeah. times i had to submit just to get an audition yep. it's probably a lot more so th that's the good side of it um, but it's also more reputable. You know what I mean? If yeah. you're going to put your money somewhere, at least put it where it's more, where, you know, real actors have access to it. Real actors are watching it. A lot of them are even repped. I mean, you know, agents and managers, you can also release it to just agents and managers. I don't know what that looks like on the backside, but I believe you, I definitely know that sometimes it goes to the actors and then sometimes it only goes to managers and sometimes I think it only goes to agents. Mm. Um, they're a little quiet on some of that stuff, but um, it does make sense. That's, but you will see, like, I think once in a while, a long time ago, Criminal Minds even, I think it was a different system, though, that they would release it publicly a little bit if they had a hard time. But um, 
But Cat Studio, okay, so Cat's Space Station. Actually, Cat's is no longer around. It was C-A-Z-T, I think it was. Really? So, yes, the people that owned it, I did not know this, but my client worked for them, and she was telling me we were heartbroken. I guess they weren't even in the industry. Somehow they got into it. I don't know how that wow. happened. I used and, them a lot. They were right? great. They were great. My son has booked so many things out of there. It's really sad. So, and he loved it. The energy was always great. And you could be in with total low budget stuff or just people trying to do like a Doritos commercial for the contest <laughs> up to full feature film, anything. Yeah. And, and actually I know offices that use it like big offices because what people don't realize is sometimes casting offices don't actually necessarily have an office yeah. or their office is really small. They don't want to hold a big call. Yeah. So they'll use places like this for the projects or let's say there's not a budget. Uh, so a lot of times on a bigger stuff, the studio will give them an office, but you know, if it's not a big project, where are they going to hold the auditions? So it was great. I guess somebody tried to buy it. This is what she's telling oh, me. Man. I don't really know the inside scoop mm -hmm. other than they just didn't want to sell it. It was heartbreaking. So mm. they just moved on. I guess they were done with it. <laughs> There's another really good one on Theater Roll in Santa Monica, right across from the Yoshioyas. There is another oh, casting house right there that I've used. I remember they were, this is when the Arsenio Hall show was having its comeback. And we were auditioning actresses the same time they were. Oh, that's you know, pretty cool. I, see, I wonder... I probably know that place. I just can't think of the name there. Cause the, there's one called space station that moved. Mm -hmm. Um, and they, they changed locations, but they're still around. Um, I did help actually Craig was casting for a, uh, something he was trying to produce and I, I go, let me sit in on it. <laughs> <laughs> so I did, it was pretty fun. Um, but they were really cool. I like that place too. Um, and then, those, so those places, I believe, are more... Oh, Cats did put some breakdowns out. Um, but I think Space Station is literally you just rent the space. Uh, I don't know if it's free. See, Cats used to be free to people, right? Yeah, like, completely. If you, as long as you had uh, so many of their yeah. actors come in. But then they would charge for parking. You know, that's why I think where they made the bulk of their money. They did, really? I always parked Somewhere. in the neighborhood and walked. We always Yeah, walked. yeah, right. And okay, then, so uh, yes. This is another question. And this is something, but I know Larry's got a lot, but as a filmmaker, I got to say this. Can we please pass a law that an actor has to have a demo reel? Oh, <laughs> I am so glad you brought that up. So, because, you know, you we touched on it last time. Um and I agree. I, there's so many rules, right? So adults, let's say you're an adult breaking in and you have nothing, nothing. Like, what do you do? So for kids, because they can break the rules, like that five-year-old, I have her do what I call a personality reel. Just yeah. talk about yourself. I cut it down. So it's very interesting. So that video probably ended up being like 30 seconds, maybe 40 seconds, but that's really all you need. Now, if you're an adult and you have nothing you need something. So I, I feel like film yourself doing a scene, like, like a self tape. You don't have to pay $400, $800 to go out and hire people to make up a mock scene yeah. that everybody can spot a mile away as being a yeah. mock. Right. But if you film, I think if you film a really good 
self-tape. And I mean, good, like you better get a coach and, and make sure you're on it. Mode. In landscape mode. Uh, yes. Yeah. By the way, just a note to everybody out there, never, ever hold your phone up and down. like <laughs> Because I know casting offices that will absolutely not even watch it if you do that. Yeah. Same with and me. then everybody's like, what they want a full body shot. I go, just send it to me. I'll put title sheets over the side. They're black. I'll crop it right. <laughs> or whatever, you know? So that's what I do. Cause parents are like conscious about their house, which you don't really want that because then it becomes, Ooh, what's back there. <laughs> <laughs> so you really want just the background. Right. So I just crop it or I block, I just take black box and throw it over. But the truth is, yeah, they don't because it also skews it all. I have cheated with little kids that didn't, the parents didn't do it right because they're new and I can like, like I can make it work. It's not the absolute best, but I, I do try to, you know, shrink it down to fit into the, the horizontal way. But, but like for real, so how would you feel if you watched an actor's where, where they did do a good scene and it was short? And I don't mean the scene was short. The, the page, they could do a three-page script. I mean, like, film it. Fine. Two pages. That's two minutes in theories, right? Three. Yeah. Um, but what if they cut it down and they got it down to less than a minute? And it was the best stuff. Their shows really their acting and who they are. I'm really open that people watch that. Like, you would watch it even oh, just a yeah, few yeah. seconds. Oh. Does, so how much weight does it matter that it wasn't a mock scene versus just doing a self-tape? It doesn't matter I, to me as long as there's something. I mean, and, and that, that's one of the things, too. Those mock scenes, they look mock. They and do. It, it doesn't, it's just. Everybody knows it's not from a real thing because you can, I know. especially industry people know that. Yeah, I know. You know and, you know, I, I get it. You, you need a tape, but at some point, it's got to be like not that. Um, I, I think if you do a really great, you know, actually Eric and I were, when we were doing like a, a couple things together, we had submissions and stuff. And I think you're right. I think if it's, if the, if the actor is really engaging and because, you know, you can tell a good actor right before they even start to talk, you know, because yeah. it, it, it's, 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 it, they, they just fill up the camera. Or whatever. Yeah, their right? energy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And Birds of the wise actors do not start off your video by saying, Why should you cast me? No, why won't you know? Don't promote yourself. Like I had right. someone do a they started it. Why should you cast me? Why shouldn't you cast me? That's like, <laughs> yeah, I am not watching your video. You are an egomaniac. Right. Right. And, and, but but what's even worse, when they start acting, you're like, No, that's really why I won't. <laughs> I act like cast you. <laughs> yeah. But but I think I think if 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 they're engaged, if they're engaging, then I think somebody will sit there. You know, that's like this is like the YouTube generation, right? It's like the five second thing. But I think if if it's engaging, just like what you were saying, is it will get there, it'll get the point across. It'll do its job. You know? Right. Because what the question of the day is what's in the mind of a casting director, right? Which a casting director is an extension of a producer. And by the way, Eric, I am a fan of using casting directors and I'll tell you why, because they, their job is to know actors, not only ability and all the obvious stuff, but really who shows up on time, who puts it forward, which parents oh, no. crazy. Yeah. So if you do ever have those problems, 
Um, those oh, are I where, just can't yeah. afford one yet because I've oh. done, you know, <laughs> I know. I've only done shorts so far. It's like, man, a casting director, that would be awesome to have one. That would, I know, I know, I hear you. There might be some trying to climb the ladder. I always say that, that yeah. might be willing to do that too. But but then they might not know as, they haven't been around as long, so maybe they don't know the skinny on all the parents because, you know, they know a lot of stuff. But, but okay, so going back to the videos, I think, um, absolutely, because really what's in the question of the casting director, which is an extension of the producer, which by the way, guess what Cassie's gonna do? Turn around and go, look, producer, look at this person. Look at the real. They try to sell them. So that you want to win over the person that's going to turn around and try to sell you, right? So you give them the tools. And by the way, if you have, let's say, four reels up, but they don't like one, they just won't show the producer that one. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, let them, like, weed that out. You know, that's what we do when we submit. I have one client that just put a ton of, like, 20 videos up of little clips of so many different characters. I loved it. But the thing was... Um, you know, I'd only, if it was a drama, I'm not going to show all his comedy clips. Yeah. So I just, I, you could, on my side, I can select which videos to submit with each submission. Oh. So um, that's why you really do want to have a good drama or comedy or whichever one you fit. But, you know, as you're climbing, you don't have all those things. So I think if you have nothing, a good scene, people love monologues for some reason, but the problem with monologues, which we talked about a little bit last time, no reaction exactly yeah. there's no reaction so if you really want and you want your reader to say the read you don't want the reader to overact or be too loud you want a soft just anybody can go look how to do a good self take there's tons of stuff on there and here's a little secret you can go on youtube and like if there's like especially like a disney open call or any type of open call you just search for the name of the role of the care and then you're gonna find self tapes on there be careful with that because just because you'd like something might not be the right way to do it or they might be bad. And I don't like to pick on actors, but it is kind of interesting to see people. They're not supposed to put it up on YouTube usually unless they say to, but sometimes people, when you open it up to the public, they're going to do it. Um, so, but the videos are so important. I think too, when you get, when you edit, you want to answer the question the casting director said, which is, does this person fit this role? So, let's pretend you are a tomboy but can make a cheerleader which i'm going to say might be a tough but let's just pretend you have that range for a moment then you better have a clip of that and then cut with that clip of the cheerleader right like flip it so like if if you're like a bully in one role but then autistic in another role put them boom eight seconds ten seconds flip yeah. it to the other scene yeah. really fast and and that's what i try to do i try to edit my clients reels to um do that and hopefully do it in an entertaining way that the casting will actually watch the full minute because you guys know within seconds you before they even spoke there you're like i can tell right away he's gonna be yeah, good yeah. right so the chances of them going through a full video are like really hard to do and the funny thing is people wait for their climax at the end of their minute or what let's say you right. do a minute what no no, put that last 10 seconds at the beginning. Yeah. Get, as a filmmaker, yeah. we always think chronological, it's got to make sense. No, yeah. casting does not actually yeah. care what's going on in your yeah. scene. They don't. They yeah, don't. They got, they got 100 more people to look at. Yeah. Right. Their, their question in their head is does he fit? Does she yeah. fit? Do they look the part? Do they, oh, they got a cool vibe. Let's bring him in. They, got, they might fit. That might work. That's yeah. really all you need. Not, oh, wow, that's so good. I'm so sucked into the scene. No, 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 no. That's not going to happen. They don't have time for that. <laughs> you know what I mean? So put the best 
And then if you're next best, just put it in reverse order. Whatever's the best goes first and then you tailor it down. Um, that's what you need to do. And, and, and submitting for awards, the same thing. That's what you do for an awards thing. I had a friend that one, her son in the move in this movie and the, honestly to his, the, the son's part, it wasn't, it was written for like a younger child than he was. And so some places I could tell didn't really work. So it, you know, just that, but I'm like, but he was good. There were some spots and I'm like, you know what? I'm putting that best spot first. He got nominated and he ended up winning this, um, the youth, oh, it's wow. like the youth mini Oscars or whatever. Yeah. So there is the student Oscars. Or? Like they call it the mini, the youth. It's the young actor award. Yeah. Right? The, yes. Yeah. Uh, though I'll, this one might've been a different, there's young entertainers award. I forget which, I think it was that one actually. That's cool. No, I forget which one. It could have been the young That's cool. YA. But anyway, the point is he won. So those are things that you want to just wow them with right away. Answer their question. Do you fit the character? Because they're going to assume you're a good actor. They can see the acting. Yeah. If you're rep, they're going to assume it. So really it's about, do you fit it? Yeah. And yeah. I think that adults, if you, it, the pressure's on you, I'm not going to lie, to do a really good one. Because first of all, you're up, there's some stiff competition. But on top of it, you just want to show your best in the scene. And then do your self-tape chronologically. But I'm telling you, if the best part is at the end where the climax of the scene, put it in the front. Yeah. Kids, you can, the younger ones, obviously, you know, then they can maybe do a monologue if they're really little. Or I would stay away from commercials, though. You don't want to do that. Also, be careful of what you do. If you write it yourself, that's the safest way. But remember, all everything is copyrighted. So you wouldn't want to just grab any script and then tape it for the public you really yeah. just for industry only really if it's if it's copyrighted material like the rule kind of is if it's never aired so if you're going to take a scene that you auditioned make sure you wait till after they're done and they aired it because then the cat's out of the bag on the material anyway yeah. so you could get away with that but i still wouldn't post it publicly because it is copyrighted material so that's my two cents on all that <laughs> well I, I i gotta tell you darcy you know it, it we have uh, we haven't even touched like the tip or even the foundation of this whole thing um could i propose that can we have you come back like once a month and do like you know like acting 101 absolutely i'd love that thank you <laughs> that'd be fun cool. because there's there's so many things to it like like in fact voiceover so people don't know that like there's background actors, right? Anybody can be a background actor. Then yeah. there's commercial actors. Uh, you think of it like a pyramid, right? So commercials, yeah. then you've got TV, then you have feature film. And I'm talking yeah. like, you know, even the day player roles to lead. I and mean, you really have to be able to carry a film. Yeah. And then the tip is voiceover. A lot of people yeah. don't, that's a very small world too. In fact, Gunnar Sizemore on The Paper Boys he is the voiceover king. He's on Kung Fu Panda, Ben 10, all the these things. series? Yes. Wow. I know. And, wow. and, and he's just so, when you hear, like you see him and then you hear him and you're like, wow, you can tell that is a polished voiceover actor. And by the way, like I said, the pyramid's there for a reason. Like just because you're an actor doesn't mean you could do voiceover. But if you could do voiceover, you can do anything below it because it really is an art to be able to inflict your voice and hit all those beats, you know, it's just amazing. So yeah. if you, if I definitely advise 
um, trying to get into voiceover, especially if you did take classes and stuff. But here's the beauty of it too, is if you're having a hard time with the visual aspect of getting booked, right? Let's say you're not handsome enough to be the hot guy, but you're also not geek enough to be the geek. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's actually a problem. Yeah. Um, so voiceover might be a really good way because nobody sees you. And then you can do it. I mean, not that I want to say that. It just, it, it kind of eliminates that visual aspect. And then you can make a lot of money. It's easier work, actually. You just walk in a booth. Oh, man. And, and just boom. And boom. Knock it out. Yeah. I yep. follow on YouTube Dave McCrane, who's a huge voiceover guy in Canada. And he wanted to be a traditional actor, but he broke his teeth playing hockey and then oh. moved to voiceover. And he's mm. done everything you can think of in Canada, like nothing but commercials. Um, he did an Amazon show. There was that, the mailman something, the little figure thing, mailman Tom. Hmm. He did the American version of it. So there's a lot of work in voice acting. There are way more than people realize. Cause I think when you, I mean, I thought, you know, voiceover animation, but no, there's just, I mean, that's a big part of it too, but there's loop groups. So all those background actors at the bottom of the pyramid, um, they can't talk, right? Because yeah. then you rubble, can't rubble, get the rubble, audio, rubble. right? So yeah. guess what happens? They hire real actors to come in and put voices to all of it. Mm. So that's what looping is. Looping ADR <laughs> is where they literally loop the scene over. And what they'll do is, um, you know, if there's, let's say you're in a park, the scene takes place in a park and there's a grandma with a, a boy picking up trash, let's say. Um, then they call up somebody who can do the grandma voice and somebody who can do the boy voice and they're, they're just totally improv, improv. So if you're good at improv, that's a huge thing because, so there's no script. So you just go, the grandma might be, Oh, get that trash sweetie or whatever. And then the boy's like, grandma, I'm bored. And, and so you, those things that you would like never notice in a film, but you notice if they're not there. Yeah. So what, when next time you watch a TV or whatever, and there's a crowd of people, you notice it when it's not there. And that's maybe partly, you know, us is in the oh, industry. We're not, notice it we're more, not but... <laughs> movie goers, though. That's, that's true. Like... But, but our brains, have you ever, our brains are so like, something's off. Yeah. The person might not yeah. figure it out, but they'd be like, something's off about it. And then they don't believe it or something. That's our instincts telling lot, like, it's a lie. It's a lie, right? They go off in our head. But no, but I, it's it's interesting how you do have to have some of those things. And I mean, you don't have to get necessarily that intricate, but the bigger films certainly do because, oh, yeah. you know, they want. But generally speaking, if you do that kind of voiceover, you're not, your voice isn't really heard. Um, I know in Silver Lines Playbook, Carson did ADR and that, and there's this little boy running across the street, the Halloween scene, and he's like, hey, wait for me. <laughs> you can, I'm like, wow, I can actually hear my kid's voice. Because usually it's all garbly, <laughs> you don't hear it. <laughs> but so I thought, well, that's pretty darn cool. Um, he, the director wanted real kids because you know, th- that, that's a new movement. Um, well, not new anymore, I guess, but using real kids that do the voices. And I think the public are becoming, is becoming more savvy to that. Also disability authenticity, you know, mm-hmm. like with deaf actors, I see it almost every day. So if you are a disability actor or want to be this is the best time in the history of movie making and TV making that mm-hmm. is to be absolutely real deaf, real this, real that autism. My son has a little bit of OT- OCD and I know for everything it's going to be okay. They wanted, I think I might've mentioned this. They wanted real um, autistic actors. So mm. um, OCD is on that spectrum. And um, 
so I think it's really good. I think we're going to see more of it, you know, more genuine. Yeah. It tells a better story, really. I mean, I get that sometimes they have to, I guess there was a movie with, I forget. Brian Cranston? Yes. Yeah, Kevin Hart. I was kind of on the studio side because Heisenberg in a movie with Kevin Hart will bring people in. I know it's horrible. I'm, I'm not looking at it as a good person side. I'm looking at it as a heartless, soulless studio executive side. <laughs> well, and the truth is, there still has to be an actor that can lead Carrie. It. Exactly, and, and, yeah. And, 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 he's and, a great actor. Right, and he has a lot of experience, which you know, unfortunately, a lot of disability actors don't have that same kind of experience, so to carry it, but um, possibly. It's going to be a lot harder to fill that spot and get exactly what you're looking for. I think it's just limited. So, but I do, I'm so for any opportunity for them. I really am. I think it's great. I know, you know, I don't know if anybody has an issue with it. They shouldn't, but I think you have to do what's best for the film. The other thing is you don't, you can't be too distracting that's the other side. Like, cause if, if somebody's, I don't know, wearing earrings, have you ever seen that in an audition where they're wearing earrings and it's distracting or necklace? Yeah. Like, or if they have like a birthmark yeah. and it's just in a place that's very distracting, unfortunately, it's all about where the audience looks. And if somebody's checking out cause they're looking at this birthmark, I mean, obviously they could put makeup and stuff on it, but the truth is if it's too much of a distraction, but there's ways they can work it if it's work fits this, uh, the storyline. I'm just really open to that there's ways to work with it. And I think it's great. I mean, honestly, if you're listening and you're a filmmaker disability, I mean, oh my gosh, make something and submit it to festivals, man. Oh yeah. Because this is the best time ever. This is probably you know? the best time and the most crazy time and most creative time, I think, to be a, a filmmaker or actor. From everything, from, uh, from everything we've talked about tonight, it's just, everything is so open. Everything is so open. It is. You know what is great is the internet. I love the internet. I know we have like a love-hate with YouTube, but the truth is you can get, if anything, you put it on there, people are going to see it. You know what I mean? That's, like, obviously we want yeah. the bigger stuff. We want it to go whatever, in, in Netflix or Hulu, whatever, whatever. But the truth is, yeah, I don't it's want open stuff. some doors. Well, that's more from another side. I would be afraid to have any of my stuff go right to Netflix or Hulu or Amazon. Really? How come? The way they treat their filmmakers, and oh. especially comedians, they get destroyed. If, they're, if you're a big name and you get to like Netflix, you're good. But there was that one, remember the TV show Brandy? Mm -hmm. The lady who played her mom on it, who's like a legendary female comedian, they wanted to give her like under a million dollars for her oh, show. Wow. And I, she wasn't allowed to work afterward or something. What? Until it aired. It's a murky story. Oh, they didn't want her telling the jokes maybe. But yeah. then you have to be compensated for that. Yeah, and they weren't gonna do that. Do it. They weren't gonna do that. But so, what, so what's great is YouTube. I mean, I keep falling back, but it gives you another avenue. It might not be the best, but at least you got eyeballs that it's possibly gonna watch it. I guess that's what I'm trying to say is it used to be for the internet. I mean, it was a lot harder to get people yeah. to watch your stuff, and now it like has, the 
Go on, go on. No, the music industry is still, the radio is still controlled, right? Like to get a song on there, it's getting better. Um, there's people that come out, but still songs, it's still harder to get, I think, right? The viewership on that. Like it could come through the internet, then a big company comes along and scoops you up. So I still think for independent filmmaking, it's the best, you know, if you're in the form of entertainment. I mean, honestly, any new sing songwriter, the only way they're going to get their stuff is if they make a video. So that's yeah. back to yeah. video production, right? And making yeah. their own, however, to express I, I, themselves. I, I think YouTube, though, opens up, at least for filmmakers. Uh, how open are you to, like, kids here in Texas? Because I got my niece. Texas? How old is yeah. she? She's uh, she's gonna be four in in October. Okay, so you're smart because you're starting. I mean, they they be starting young, which is great because by the time I think it takes three years to figure out what your heck you're doing. So yeah. by then she'll be seven, preparing for nine because nine, yeah. six, and yeah. nine are the major. Texas has a huge market. Yeah. There's really good regional agents, um, and a regional agent. That's something we can talk about. Note that down for another topic. I mean, we yeah. but they they get breakdowns. The one that I've been working with the most. She gets LA breakdowns on top of it. Of course, if they have an agent, then the agent in LA gets it first. But, but they, they get all the stuff out of Atlanta, everywhere. Major film. My my clients that we share are getting big auditions through this regional agent. Really? And kids, it's Stranger Things were cast out of Atlanta. You know, a lot of them. So that's where you could definitely do that. Um, I yes, I'm willing to deal with um out of state clients. I mean, four is a little young only because, yeah. because here's the truth. So really for TV film, I mean, once they're six, it's better, but they still are kind of using twins. Yeah. Once nine hits, they forget the twins and then it's nine to 12. So really they want to be right now getting, seeing if this is what she wants to do, try to get as much work as possible with the goal of trying to get to LA by nine, honestly. Yeah. And yep. I'd say a little before so you can meet people and get, well, maybe you've already worked on that and already got representation. Because the truth is once nine to 12 is huge because they just write a lot for that. You get the extra hour um, and it's before they're pre, because honestly, try to write a script with somebody pre-pubescent and get somebody not, you know what I mean? That's already yeah. hit puberty to play. It's really hard. So that's why that is such a golden time to the easiest time to get in the room which increase your odds, right? Yes. Of course, yes. you're going three times a week. Like I said, I mean, seriously, it's like, I mean, even when he got an agent, then we dropped, I dropped submitting him and just started getting, um, he started getting the bigger auditions. You know what yeah. I mean? And then I was doing three times a week, you know, obviously there were some slow <laughs> times, but you know, most of the, when it hit, it hit. And um, sometimes we're doing seven auditions, which were crazy, but I love those weeks because yeah. it's hard for you to sit around and dwell. You're on to the next, next, oh, next. I know, man. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. but, um, but you guys ready? Uh, yes. So I mean, you talk forever. <laughs> I know. I know. I, so you coming back, Eric, with your question? Yes. Oh, or, sorry. Uh, no, you had Darcy? the last one about um, yes. film YouTube being good for filmmakers and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, and then we'll just we'll wrap it up and yeah. It's okay. almost midnight, and I'm I know. Sleep. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I know. Let's do this. And five, four, three. You know, I I think you're right. Um, you know, music is is obviously different, but I think YouTube, um, and Vimeo. Are, are really good outlets for filmmakers to point 
agents and managers and other financiers to go see their work and at least they can have something that, that they can showcase uh, their well, talent. David Sandberg, you know, he did Lights Out as a short and now he's doing Aquaman. That's, yeah. yeah. I mean, go. that's, that, that's, when it works, it works. And when it doesn't, you just get a pool of people going, hey, and hitting each other over the head. <laughs> well, also, if you create the content, <laughs> yeah. if you create it, what will happen is if they like something, then they'll watch more of it and yeah. get to that video like you just, that isn't, you know. So really, you do need to make sure that all your stuff is good. And, um, you know, one of my favorite things when I find a YouTuber is, I sort by the oldest. I want to see where they were and how they grew. I, I love it. I love yeah. it because a lot of times, you know, you cringe at your own stuff and yeah, it might be cringeworthy, but it's fascinating to me to see the growth of something. I mean, even for TV shows like Malcolm in the Middle's first episode, go back and watch it after you've seen the full thing. Like, it's yeah. like, wow, it's so got wrinkles in it. They're not, their beats aren't ironed out yet. You get what I'm yeah. saying, where they grow into, I think that's yep. true for most yep. every show. Oh yeah, even podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Darcy, it is always amazing having you on and you're going to be the first recurring character on the podcast. Yay! So, um, again, Yay! everybody, Definitely the link to Legend of the Paperboys will be in the description. Definitely go check it out. And man, there is so much amazing young talent in this movie. You're going to be able to say, I supported one of their first big movies. And you could brag about that to people. Yes. yes. So definitely <laughs> support Legend of the Paperboys. And as always, everybody, be excellent to each other.